Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at pirb.co.za or more. A warm welcome to our audience. My name is Willem Klopper. I'm your host. And in this episode, we will discuss solar system design. With me in studio, I have Richard Bailey. And uh, Richard, warm welcome. Thanks for joining me in studio. Yeah, thanks, Willem. It's actually the first time I've been in studio. Yeah, <laughs> so always, always dialing in from Cape Town. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's a different situation completely. Lacquer to have you with me in studio face yeah. to face. We're having this conversation. Lacquer technical discussion again today, discussing uh, solar system design. This is one of my favorites. Uh, those that know me um, know that I'm a little bit of a... Uh, a, a fanatic on solar uh, and alternative energy. So yeah, this is one of my real um, passions and getting it right and seeing properly installed solar systems. Awesome. We'll give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves right after this. Don't forget to download the all new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Richard, so off we go. Um, what are we actually referring to when we use the term solar system design or system design for that matter? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the solar systems, they consist of many configurations. It's not just, it's not just um, one size fits all scenario. You've got to be able to design a system around a particular set of, uh, can we say, circumstances or conditions and um, that includes patterns of use and so on and so forth. Um, each design or each um, configuration has its own set of characteristics, the way that it operates, the way that it performs. Um, pumped systems, for example, work differently to thermosiphon systems. They are installed for different reasons. Um, direct systems work differently to indirect systems and once again installed for different reasons. Uh, and one can't just throw a blanket and say, oh, I, I like um, direct thermosiphon systems and that's why I'm going to install it wherever I go. Mm. They exist for, for a reason and you can't, you can't ignore the fact that they exist to cater for certain, uh, certain things that you need to, you know, uh, um, certain performance characteristics that need to be uh, taken, yeah, taken the, care of. It may not be as effective, it may not be effective at all under Correct. certain conditions and, and circumstances and environments for that matter, um, mm. where it will be applied to. Um, so it's, I, I hear you, I hear what you're saying that, you, you know, you can't just say, I, I, I'm, I'm good at installing this specific method, using this specific method, and therefore that's what I'm going to use because it, the yeah. effectiveness may be affected. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, why would, why would a pumped system exist if it was totally unnecessary. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, it's there for a purpose. So one needs to recognize what it's there for, what it's capable of, and why other stuff perhaps not is, is not as capable as, as what you're looking at. Yeah. All right. So, so Richard, um, we're talking about different uh, aspects that should be taken into consideration when you are considering the specific design that you want to use. Mm. Um, so what are some of those factors and those, those circumstances, those conditions? Mm. Well, for example, geographical location. I mean, where, where you are uh, 
okay, we're talking, this is South Africa. So we pretty much all got very good um, solar radiation and, and, and sunshine, but, but still it makes a difference. So, for example, there are freeze-prone areas. You can't, you can't put the same system in, in a freeze-prone area that you put in, uh, in Cape Town, for example. You've got to take exp- extra precautions. Things like the building itself that you're trying to install the thing onto, uh, the characteristics of the building, has it got a north-facing roof? Uh, has it only got a, uh, you know, well, the roof direction is a, is a factor, um, shading is a, are factors. Um, then the habits of the homeowner. Uh, when do they ablute? When do they, uh, as a household, do they all shower in the morning? Do they all shower in the evening? Is it, is it uh, interspersed during the day? Um, and what do they expect the thing to do? How do they expect the thing to perform? Is mm. it realistic? Um, or have they got unrealistic expectations? And then, of course, the standards. The standards are um, need to be followed. Um, although they do, they, they they do require things like uh, protection against freezing, etc. So you can't um, knowingly in a freeze-prone area go and put a system in that. That won't cater for it. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so those are the things. There are, and I would say the biggest two fact. Well, no, I don't want to actually put uh, priorities, but they are all important. Yeah, Richard, as a as a consumer, I I'm not too clued up to to which way a roof should face or for a for a solar installation. You mentioned in in one of your statements a little bit earlier about uh, a consider a considerable fact should be: does a house or a building have a north facing roof? Mm. Why north facing? I mean, uh, doesn't the sun rise on the one end and and and, and go yep. down on the other end? I mean, yep. and, and but w- but we but we're in the southern hemisphere, uh-huh. so the sun essentially not exactly but essentially um, for all intents and purposes uh, is is perpendicular to the equator. So the sun will we always want to face our solar collectors towards the equator which is north of us because we're in the southern hemisphere. Uh, people in the northern hemisphere will face their panels south towards the equator. And uh, we, we don't have a, a movable uh, collector of solar radiation. In other words, the collector that we put in our roof doesn't track the sun. It can't track it from the morning to the evening. There are technologies that exist for that, but mm. it's way too expensive for a domestic uh, situation. So we have to take advantage of what we've got to play with. And what we have to play with is we know where it rises, where it falls. We also know that there's a difference in elevation in the sky between winter and summer. Mm. So we need to uh, be a little bit biased to winter. But So that, that talks about the elevation of the, of the panel, but the orientation, in other words, the direction in which it must face generally is true north which is different to magnetic north by the way Uh, it's about 20 degrees different so all of these factors need to be taken into account so very interesting i mean yeah from from a consumer's perspective you know a consumer doesn't does not know these things and 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 uh, plumbers they the installers they should know these things, and hence these conversations, hence these technical discussions that we're having, and hence the um, designations for you know particular designations for for technologies for and solar and specialisations. Correct. You know, it's not yeah. just anybody that can go and and put together or, or do a solar design, solar system yeah. design, and put it in, in the solid. N- no, um, although that many think uh, that it's not that, that tricky, uh, but there are so many details that that if you miss them. Um, it renders the thing all but, all but useless. 
and, and, and it's details that are not obvious. Again, um, it, it goes back to the fact that what works for the one uh, in, uh, consumer may not work for the other consumer, or what works for the one installer may not work for the other consumer. So let's have a little bit of a discussion yeah. going into some depth about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just because, as I said earlier, you know, just because your neighbor has A, B, and C system, um, it doesn't mean it's going to work for your house. Mm. Uh, the roof structure might be completely different. He might have a flat roof. He, you might have a pitched roof. Uh, the, 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 okay, maybe not your direct neighbor, but perhaps he lives in a different estate. Um, there are localized rules and regulations and aesthetic requirements in, in residential estates. So perhaps you're not allowed to have a visible tank in yours where he is allowed to have a visible tank, which would mean that you'd need to split the system and so on. Um, consumer behavior, uh, you will have different bluting habits mm. than, than, than he will. Which and, and you must understand that a solar system works with sun. And sun doesn't shine 24-7. No, it doesn't. So you need to work around that and you need to know how to harness, how to best harness that sun's energy. So if you, if you all shower in the morning, well, you've got to kind of look at that. I'm not going to get into detail now mm-hmm. because I could talk for three hours, but, <laughs> but I'm not going to de- – but, yeah, I mean, the way, that the, the way that your building allows for your panel to be located, whether it be orientation or inclination, shading, you might have a big tree – in the way where he doesn't, or a chimney for that matter. Um, uh, perhaps your friend up in Joburg has got uh, completely different climatic conditions than I have in Cape Town, yes. which is true. We, so, you yeah, need to, absolutely. so you need to cater different, you know, different to that, et cetera, et cetera. Property size, uh, um, the proximity between the collector and your actual tank. I mean, all, all these factors. There's a myriad of factors. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy to follow courses can be found on iopsitraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. Welcome back to our conversation and uh, we continue in our discussion and our conversation around uh, solar system designs and with me in studio again, uh, as, we, as I've introduced him at the, at the beginning, Richard Bailey. Uh, Richard, I just wanted, uh, we, with the, the last thing that you mentioned about uh, what works for, for one consumer doesn't necessarily work for the other consumer was the climatic conditions that you spoke about. Um, but we, we were also heading towards discussing or just briefly mentioning uh, the proximity of the the, the tank collector. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, it it, it depends. Uh, many homes don't have, or buildings don't have. Uh, let me put it this way: um, are not designed, are not conducive to have a tank and a collector very close to one another. Obviously, the further apart they are, you have to transport that water, and that water is the heat. That's the energy that you're trying to harness. Um, and the further you transport it, the more prone it is to heat loss. So, it's. So I always say, you know, the the the, the one thing I always like to keep in mind, and and is that not there's no such thing as one size fits all. Number one and number two, maybe solar is not even the correct uh, um, technology for the house. Mm. It, it could be something completely different because of certain factors. Another factor, property size. Does that does that make a difference? Um, yes, certainly. Um, and well, it do, you can have solar systems as big as you like. 
Um, but you just need to design them properly. Mm. Need to design, uh, you know, if you've got a massive house with multiple wings, you know, don't have one centralized system. Um, rather have uh, um, satellite systems, or if you want a centralized system, you've got to regulate the flow to those wings, etc. So it's all about design. Mm. So yes, uh, the the anything can be achieved, Willem. It's a matter of will and money and uh, and and expertise. So you can achieve it, uh, but sometimes it's better to uh, call it quits and say, look, perhaps let's look at a heat pump, mm. for example. Uh, because this isn't so conducive. We're going to have to make a lot of concession. We're going to have to make a lot of changes to accommodate the solar system. So let's look at a heat pump. And that's always an option. Exactly. Because my next question was going to be why these factors? I mean, we've, di yeah. we've discussed and looked and, and mentioned quite a few factors that should be taken into consideration uh, when it comes to solar system design. But why are they so important? Yeah. And, and you just mentioned one reason why they're so important. Um, you know, well, I mean, there's an analogy that was given to me many years ago by a mentor of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, solar systems are finicky. You, you, if you've got a geyser, a geyser has, is, a, is a tank. If it's properly installed, you, 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 you apply direct heat to it in the, me, in the form of uh, electrical resistance heating. It heats it up. It's a physical, it's, it's, it's a physics uh, <laughs> calculation. You know how much energy you require to heat X amount of water. It's, it's done. Mm. You install the geyser, you heat it up, it's done. Mm. But solar systems are different, they're finicky. And the analogy is that um, it's like driving a car versus riding a horse. When you drive a car, I know where the gear lever is, I know where the clutch is, the brake pedal, the accelerator, the steering wheel. I can precisely control that car exactly what I want it to do. And I can do that with a geyser because I can control it. It's, mm. it's, it's finite, it's controllable. A solar system is like riding a horse. One day you riding smoothly and the next thing you you get bucked off mm -hmm. and 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 you fall on your backside so yeah. you don't you don't that thing that thing needs everything to be perfectly in place and the details to be taken care of like the horse needs to be happy if it's irritated you're going to feel the effects yes. if the solar system's irritated you're going to feel the effects so um and when you start to feel those effects of a solar system it starts to underperform the problem with that is you don't realize it. As a consumer, you don't realize that it's underperforming because a, 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 a regular solar system is always going to be backed up by another energy source. Usually, and I say usually, uh, electrical input. So your element will kick in for the times to compensate for, the, for, the, for when there isn't enough solar energy to have given you the amount of yeah. water you need. So you as a consumer are happily showering every day and don't know any mm. different. You could have an underperforming solar system for seven or eight months and not even know it. Yeah, um, uh, un unless you see a higher bill, well, uh, electricity that's bill. It. That's it. <laughs> and then you complain. <laughs> like, where does this <laughs> exactly. bill come from? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's the danger with a solar system. If, if that solar system, for example, didn't have any electrical backup or no backup at all, you'd immediately notice that there's something yeah. awry. But, uh, but most of them do have backup. So consumers do not notice. Mm. And that's the problem. Um, hence, hence again, the importance of, of having a, 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 a person, a, an installer with the correct specialization yep. who's gone through the correct training, has the, the, the skills and the competencies and the knowledge yeah. to install an effective... Yeah. And a compliant 
solar system and design it accordingly. Yeah. Take all those factors into consideration um, to have it as effective as possible. Yeah, and for me, one of the big things um, is the understanding of a sol- of the functioning of a solar system. And to try, if you understand how it works and, more importantly, what would make it not work, mm. then you know what to look for. And if you don't have that understanding, if you've just got a very basic kind of assumed knowledge of uh, well, as long as that's got sunlight on it and it's connected to there, then it'll work. But it won't. So if you don't have that specific knowledge, you're going to get it wrong. Eight times out of ten, you're going to get it wrong. Um, and the consumer doesn't know. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. And let's not forget that there are requirements in the standards for performance of solar systems. Mm. You can't just put a solar system in and call it a day. It, it needs to uh, perform to a certain set of sta- well, it needs to perform to the to the applicable to standards a, to a, to a requirement requirements yeah, of yeah. yeah yeah. So briefly, I'll just tell you what those are. And in new installations, there's a there's a clause in well, there's a there's a, a standard called uh, SANS 10400XA, which is energy conservation in buildings. And XA2 speaks about um, hot water uh, usage and so on. Uh, and basically what you need to ensure, if you're putting in alternate, well, any new hot water installation in the country, you need to ensure that half of it, 50% of it, is taken care of by alternative means annually. Now, what that means is that um, if you have, if you have uh, a beautiful solar system functioning like a butte during the summer months, but it's not functioning during the winter months, well, something's got to compensate for the other. So it's a 12-month period that you've got to calculate and it, you've got to achieve 50%. Now, there are calculations and there are rules of thumb that can be that you pretty much know it's going to be achieved. Um, but yeah, so there are requirements. That, that, that is, um, it's one of the things that we need to uh, be aware of. It's the XA2 that you that you mentioned about now. XA2, yeah. yeah. And of course, if it, pay, if it, if it, if it performs... Um, uh, your payback period, because your capital outlay versus your payback period is always going to be a factor, um, that's going to be achieved uh, within a reasonable amount of time, you know, four or five years easily, um, mm. that you'll pay it back and then it'll start paying you. So uh, one could almost say that a badly designed and installed solar system will be always a waste of time and, and money. Is that correct? Can, can, can I make that assumption? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, look, I'll give you an example. In a, in a split system, now I'm not going to try and get, I'm trying to not get technical, but in a system where the uh, solar collector, in other words, the panel that you see on the roof, is above the level of your geyser, it's higher than your geyser. Remember what happens to heat uh, and heated water, it's always mm. going to rise to the top. Exactly. Now, a system like that where the panel is above the geyser is pumped because you have to force that heat from a higher position downwards into the geyser. So it's pumped and it's controlled and everything's happy. But what happens when it's overnight and the collector now is colder than the water in the geyser? Where's that water want to go? It wants to go upwards and Mm. it will go upwards. It will form a circuit and it's what we call reverse thermosiphon. So all of that gathered and gained heat that you've struggled and strived to get during the day is now just um, essentially radiated out into the atmosphere overnight. You, that's and that, and the thing and and so your 
solar system essentially is doing zero mm. work. Okay, so you, that's a waste of time. Now, how do you combat that? Well, a simple non-return valve installed in the correct way in a serviceable position between two shutoff valves that can be looked at and serve. That's a simple detail, mm. but a detail nonetheless that some people leave out. Now, now that renders the thing useless. So <laughs> that's why I say details are... Are, are critical. Yeah. You know, you can understand the concept of, yes, it feels hot on my hand, the sunshine, and I must just put that a panel and put it into the thing. Mm. But that's not all that it is. Yeah, there's a lot more details, uh, you know, involved. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how can one be sure that they are getting the right system? Mm, the, from a consumer's perspective, you, you've, got to, you've got to interrogate the installer. It's like anything. I mean, if I'm going to go for an operation, yeah, and now I'm comparing and and to the to 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 a member of public out there, they're going to be saying, "Yeah, how can you compare a, a, a plumber to a, to a surgeon?" Well, I can mm. because we are both specialists and we are both have got our own um, professions, so I your, can your field of expertise, absolutely. So, or a financial advisor for that matter, or whatever the case may be, an accountant. So, if I'm going to go and hire an accountant or a, or a or a knee surgeon, I'm going to interrogate that guy, and I want to know his qualifications. Mm. And the same thing with a plumber. Um, so he's got to be suitably qualified. And in this country, you need to be special. You need to be accredited solar, and or heat pump. Well, whichever one, whichever whichever one of the two you installing, you're talking about solar. So he needs to be an accredited solar installer. That will be shown on as a designation on his PRB registration card. And he must issue a certificate of compliance on that installation. Remembering that a certificate of compliance, when it's issued and logged, it's subject to audit. Mm. And it'll be audited, well, not, not will be, it could be audited. Um, and then, and, and, and if anything's short found uh, to be shortcoming, um, he will be asked to rectify. So there's recourse yeah. for the consumer. That's the, that's the thing. Um, Another thing that's vitally important of the of an installer and the consumers don't really know this. He's got to hand over operating instructions, warranty cards. He's got to leave the consumer with a at least a reasonable understanding as to how the thing operates, why it needs to be looked after, how it must be looked after, what the importance of it is. If the consumer understands that that certain things um, if neglected, will result in them losing money. Mm. They will. They will make sure it's not neglected. Exactly. So. So it's up to the installer, and a responsible and good installer will do it. And they and there's hundreds of of, of guys that do it. So it's 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 happening, but this is for for. It's sort of a check belts and braces check for the consumer to be able to double check. Um, ask questions of the installer. Ask him, how does this work? Why is that there? What mm. is this valve for? What's that funny little thing there? What does that do? Why? Why does my temperature fluctuate like this? Mm. Why am I hearing that sound? Ask as many questions as you can. Remember, you're not supposed to be an expert. And so there's no such thing as a silly question or whatever. Yeah. So as an installer, we need to answer those questions and we need to answer them properly and, and, get, and, and have, make an effort to try and get the homo to understand how this thing works not in not in detail but just yeah. overall sort of in, overview in layman's terms for a lack of better terms to use now in layman's terms just explain to the to the consumer that, that's exactly right the, the, and, 
the and fact is, Richard, yeah. um, sorry to interrupt you there, but the, the fact is, Richard, that consumers do not have that knowledge no. about these installations. And, and uh, you know, the installers can choose to use that to their advantage or they can actually take a little bit of pride in what they do and give and share that knowledge with the consumer. After all, it is for the consumer that the job is done. Well, well you've just hit the nail on the head because that's the two, that's, isn't it? That's exactly the two types of installations we see out there, isn't it? I mean, mm. the one guy that takes pride and actually wants the thing to do it and fulfill its function, and the other that, as you say, unfortunately takes advantage of the ignorance of the consumer mm. and just doesn't care and just moves on to the next one. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's, that's something that only the consumer can, um, can guard against. Mm. They've got to uh, accept a certain amount of responsibility uh, for their own you know, installations and, and interrogate it uh, exactly the same way as I interrogate uh, my financial advisor yeah. or whatever. Absolutely. So Richard, just before I rudely interrupted you there <laughs> by mentioning about the knowledge of the consumer, you're about to say, you're about to add to, to what you were saying about uh, being sure of getting the right uh, um, system? Yeah, I was just going to add that, I mean, if, if the consumer is so inclined or if, they're, uh, if, if it can be done, and, and a lot of consumers are this way inclined, monitor your electricity use before and after the installation. You know, for a couple of weeks before, you know you're going to get it installed and then keep an eye on it a couple of weeks after. And and at least it's not going to be the beginning and end of accuracy and, and de definitive uh, um, um, measurement as to whether it was a successful installation or a good installation. But yes, it gives you a good idea as to as to whether it's actually saving you anything. Effective. Mm. Just some form of indication of the effectiveness Correct. of the installation. Yeah. Correct. Just before wrapping up this conversation, have a listen to this. We'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulated Plumber on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulated Plumber. Richard, can a solar system be designed to meet every conceivable condition? Yeah, that's a good question because a lot of, a lot of consumers assume that it can. Um, consumers, as I say, are, and we are human beings, you know, we are human animals and, and we, and myself, I'm very suggestible. So, you know, and, and, and uh, I, I hear what my friends and peers uh, have experienced and I say, geez, that would be nice for me, you know. And so human beings do that. So just because, uh, as I said earlier, your neighbor has a system that works for, for, for him and, and, and remembering, of course, that your neighbor's opinion around the bry fire is subjective. Uh, not only that, but it's also slightly defensive because he's just dumped 50k on it. <laughs> okay, so now he doesn't want to admit that it's not working so lucky. All right, so so it's quite subjective. But, but but what I'm and the point is that that no, it can't be. It doesn't work for every uh, conceivable situation. There are lots of situations where I would much rather say no, get a heat pump, uh, look at something else. Uh, so no, the absolute uh, answer is no. Don't don't just get sold on solar as an idea and think that it can be applied to 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 every single situation because it can't. Absolutely, Richard. I think that concludes our conversation on uh, solar. I know that you mentioned a little earlier in the conversation that we can carry on for hours. Yeah, this is one of your favorite topics and yeah. favorite subjects to discuss. Uh, you're also an expert in the in the field. I mean, you you present a course in, in solar installation. Yeah. Um, 
along with others. Yeah. So yeah, but I think uh, that concludes our conversation for today. And I do believe that we've shared absolute valuable information um, with the audience, whether they be installers, whether they be the consumer. Yeah. 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 So I want to thank you. Thanks for, for, and it was so lucky having you in studio. For, in studio. For the first time. <laughs> yeah. In studio with me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree we more. Usually, we usually speak uh, uh, over quite a distance. You in Cape Town, me down Joburg side. So, yeah. um, lucky to have you here. Uh, Thank thanks you. for the information. Thanks for your time. Thanks to the audience for having tuned in and listened. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.